From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 137, for the week of May 9th, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell. I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo Mulatto Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Michael and guest David Leschak talk about the history of Walt Disney's Hyperion Studios, and the team answers Disney senior editor Leah Zanola's last minute Disneyland vacation questions. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Disneyboard Start of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello everyone. Howdy. Hello. Hey. Greetings. Hey there. Hi there. How there. So we are getting so close to coasting for kids. We're like a month away. Mary Jo, are you ready? Heck yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> you um, got your Dramamine? I don't need Dramamine. I'm a coaster fiend. I love coasters. I love fast rides. We, we talked a couple weeks about hopefully we could get um, some flatties, and we that is a go now, so Teresa and, and Kathy from the Orlando team are selling flatties for either Knott's Berry Farm or Dorney Park in downtown Pennsylvania for Team West or Team East, and I believe they're $25, and they will send those out to me or to Justine out, out East, and you can ride the roller coasters with us. Yay! Yeah, That'll be so, so much fun. So if you want to, I mean, if you want to donate, just you know, a flat amount, donate to us or donate to, you know, Mary Jo or myself or the te- or somebody on the team. But if you want to do a flatty, you could do that also or instead of just donating. We could take fun pictures with flatties yeah, too. Yeah, we could. It's going to be a good time. We have a good team. We have, I don't know, seven or eight people coming just to, to Knott's Berry Farm. Um, as of this recording, I think there's still four spots left, so... Uh, I'd hope I'd love to see some more dizzers sign up. I hope so. I hope they get them before they close up because you know, as as we get now that we're getting closer, that's mm-hmm. when people are going to start joining. Yeah, so. yeah. Last I looked, there was twenty six out of thirty spots, so there's four available. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Um, any other housekeeping? Oh, me, me, me. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, because mine. No, you need to go first because mine's amazing. This is amazing. Oh, oh, let me go before you too, Tony, because I, I want to hear amazing. Okay. Nan- okay, let's start with Nancy. We'll do alphabetical order. Okay, that's okay. good. Not alphabetical order. Go ahead, Nancy. <laughs> so on our Southern California um, 101, uh, talking about How Hollywood and Hollywood in the West and the West Side uh-huh. and doing Los Angeles, I made a horrible omission. I don't know how I could have possibly forgotten. We never talked about the farmer's market and the grove. Oh, and those you are heard huge. Us, and it's huge, and I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> so that will be saved for another episode sometime, somewhere. We may just do a flat-out review of the farmer's market and the grove. But it really is a cool place, and it's down by the Museum Mile. So if you want to go to go check out all the museums we talked about in that episode, um, you could go to the Grove and the Farmer's Market and have breakfast and start your day up. Hey, Nancy. So, yes. 
I think you and I need to do some real research over there, though, so we could tell everybody just how good it is. Once again, yeah. yes, we should do that. <laughs> Sacrifice your bodies for science. Exactly, oh, for man. the Diz. Yes. Sacrificing your stomachs for the Diz is always a unique opportunity. Correct, Tony? <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> so, Mary Jo, how was your trip? Trip was fantastic. Um, I had to go back east to Boston on business, and I have to tell you, being on the Diz is wonderful. I did a check-in at the airport that I was going to Boston, and Tara and other people um, let me know that they wanted to get together. And so I had so much fun um, having dinner and sightseeing, et cetera, with, with Dizzers. And then after that, I went to the New Jersey meet, of which um, was for Give Kids the World. I've never been to one of those meets, and I'm really glad that I had the opportunity. It was so much fun, and it was a um, fantastic job. Um, Linda Andrews, um, Nikki Mancini, and, and there were some others in their group, Matt and, and others, who really put in a lot of effort to make this meet go smoothly. They raised, um, Friday night we had, we had to get together and then Saturday, they raised over $10,000, almost $10,100, um, for Give Kids the World at that wow, meet. That's so, great. It, it was really an outstanding meet and kudos to them for making it go so smoothly. And of course, um, from the Orlando podcast team, you know, you had Pete was there, Corey, Julie, Kathy, Teresa were there and then, um, the Sean and Dustin and Craig were there also, and we had fun. I had fun talking to them about uh, Disneyland, of course. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Made new friends, people that I I had always wanted to meet. Sergio, so I got to meet Sergio. Hi, Sergio. He listens to us. Erica, I almost went on an ABD trip with her, so it was fun meeting her. And she and Tara, Sergio, and their whole crew, they're putting together, they're getting ready for the New England meet. So if anybody who listens to this podcast can possibly uh, go to the New England meet, do that because a great group of people um, and li- li- listening to a live podcast too, that's always fun and, and seeing the Orlando team's always kind of a, a thrill to see all of them. So it was good going, but more than anything, it was the um, money that they raised for Give Kids the World, which is the ultimate reason for having that. I, th- I think our listeners need to plan on OC meet. I think so too. I think we, <laughs> we, we need we need to have a West there's there's a meet and okay they have the New England meet which my understanding it's bigger than the New Jersey meet and I was really impressed with that. Um, they're having the Indianapolis meet um, right. also okay. that's coming up and I think what Aaron is involved in that. Okay. Um, and then we, I think we really need to get something out here on the West Coast. Well, you know, you and I had talked about doing a Rose Parade meet. That's true. That's, but that's not, that wouldn't be a f- good for It could race. be a whole New Year's weekend. Oh, that's bad travel. Uh, yeah, so we, the whole point is we want them to come out when there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, that's you. I, 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 so, hey, listeners, why don't you guys throw in, uh, send us an email at What's the address, guys? DLpodcast at www.info.com. And give us ideas. When would be a good time to have a West Coast meet? And see if we can get the Orlando team to come on out, too. And then start start planning it. Yeah, and how would you like to be involved? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and how would you like to be involved? How would would they like to plan it? 
<laughs> yeah, they hey, we do everything, so all we have to do is show, show up. up. We'll show up and that show up. That would be good. <laughs> Come on, all right, guys. so $11,000, Tony. Is your story going to beat that? Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, for what, you know, people follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Sometimes they go, what is this about technology? I don't care about that. Or my tech people, what is this about Disney? Because I have two separate worlds, and they've never collided until this weekend when I went to a conference for the association conference, whatever, I don't even know what it was for, for a future school administrators. And uh, one of my administrators said, oh, you should go. And so I'm looking at the sessions, and then here's a session called Social uh, using social networks to promote your school. I'm like, oh, well, oh we're thinking of maybe okay. going on to Facebook and stuff. So I I'm remember, like, I'm gonna go. I, okay, sorry, I know what I know where you're going. Go ahead. Okay, so I decided to go sit down and and see. I see the name on this. I'm like, is that the same? Mm-hmm. I went to a conference and I met Susie Brown. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> She's I was so excited. Long, long lost yeah. love, yes. Susie Brown. And Susie Brown and I went, and so I went to the con- I went to that session because I was going to go to that session anyways. And when I saw the name. Isn't that I the one? Like, was, that- Aaron was there too, right? Aaron Glover. Really? I think so. Oh. Well, I like Aaron. She's really nice. Oh. She is adorable. Oh, well, I never met. That was funny. Okay, that we're, okay hey. so she, you know, okay, maybe it was a different okay. conference. Maybe it was, but so. And my boss, she, I guess she used to be the head of, um, like PR or I don't know exactly for Anaheim City School District, which oh, wow. my current boss used to work for. And I said the name's like, oh yeah, I know Susie. And I was like, Susie, you, I'm like, if I try to explain to her, I go kind of an inside joke with the podcast because <laughs> I always say it and then Tom says her name. And so I go into the session and I told her who, I mean, she didn't care who I was, right. but I just said, you know, I do a podcast and I just, it's really, you know, it's really interesting to see you as a go, great, blah, blah, And so <laughs> she asked, you know, whatever, but it was just ironic that both sides of my world have never been in the same spot. So and tell actually, us, no, you didn't drop Tom's name with her? No, no, I didn't. I, I, unlike some people on this podcast, I try not to drop names. Right, it works so I, well. She knows Tom, <laughs> She likes Tom. She, she knows you, Tom? I, I don't think she does. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so anyways, but what was interesting was as I was, ta- I was taking notes, I'm taking notes for school, and then go, ooh, that's good for the podcast. Then she says something else, and oh, that's good for the podcast. So I actually got some information that I thought was interesting, even though it was more just the excitement of, as she's talking, and she, one of the things she talked about, which is funny because she's basically referring to us, and uh, I'm in the back of the room just kind of thinking it's funny that she or she is talking about stuff, but she's talking about how Disney used the social media and how five years ago they had nothing, right? basically. And she said how things have changed. And I thought, oh, this is interesting to share on the podcast, even though it's helping me for my school. And so one of the things she said was that before it used to be they um, they – they would call her and then she would say, oh, here's the official statement or whatever. But now because of social media, they have to react to what's already out there. And she talked about fan sites. And I'm like, oh, I know that. I know who those people are <laughs> and how that they will break stuff before they're even ready. And she made a, and she went through the whole timeline of the Aladdin with the, the carpet slipping. And she went like minute by minute how things happen and how, she basically said the reason she wasn't able to get so quickly a statement out was because she was in church. And she wow. came, comes out, and, and then all hell had broken loose. And she's like, the one time I turned off my phone, 
and uh, and then she had to come out and get a statement. And she, but it's interesting how she explained that um, that there's a Facebook page that they have, which I'm sure we, you guys all know, but not me. But they have this Facebook page for like Disney uh, things in the community that aren't mm-hmm. blog worthy, but they're there, and it's kind of just to share. And it's not, it's not that it's, it's basically what they're doing in the community, but it's not that popular. But that's just something that I thought people might be interested in because I didn't know. And she said there, there isn't doesn't have a lot of followers and everything. And um, but how they really have had to change their their marketing and things because of the um, because of social media. And um, that um, and she talked about when they were going to talk about, which again this was more of a for us thing. So I thought it was interesting to share when they raised ticket prices and whether they were going to do a press release or whether they were going to put it on the blog. And they said that they did it on the blog. They had made the decision to do it on the blog, and they knew that there was going to be negative comments. Mm-hmm. But one thing she shared to go with to turn it into a school thing was that you know that you have to have negative, like co- negative comments are going to happen. Right. But you need to allow it because that's what social media does. What's interesting right. was she showed she showed us the video of which is another housekeeping of all the people who had won the scholarships. And remember, somebody had asked whether they do such a big deal at all of the schools. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they. She showed the video. It was a YouTube video, and um, they were all they. They all had pretty big deals. There and and so you had each kid who got it, and then there was like Mickey and and somebody from the community to give them the award. So they did make a big deal out of it. But she was mentioning that how in the YouTube um, comments, somebody had immediately put something like, "Oh well, I guess you have to be a minority to to win one of these awards," and instead of them reacting to it. She explained how somebody else then immediately said, well, I don't know if you've seen Orange County, but Orange County is very diverse and this kind of matches what Orange County is like. Self-regulating. 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 But it was just really interesting as she talked about it, and she said that they get 1.5 million views per per week on their blog. How many? 1.5 million. Wow. The Disney Parks blog, and that their goal is to beat the rumor mill. And that's what your job should be for school. But um, go ahead. I was gonna say, and that's what's changed in the last five years is with that blog, they're able to break the news rather than social media breaking the news. And that's what she said, yeah. and that's what Twitter's for, and all that. And and it was just really interesting how she talked about it from the perspective for us. But I was getting good Diz information at the same right, time, right. and she's basically talking about what kind of what we do. And so it was just really interesting that how it how it all came together, and that she's a former school. Um, I wonder if we could get her on. I doubt it. Because I know people now that know her. Right. Like, my boss knows her. It's like, oh, I didn't get to say hi to Susie. Like, she's some regular person. Like, you don't know who she is. She's in every news story that we ever read. So I just thought it was ironic that I was, I found, I got to meet Susie Brown in a non-Disney context. Nice. Um, any other housekeeping? I have one. Good, Michael. Well, after a three-week closure to complete safety work, it's safe to re-enter Tomorrowland because Space Mountain has reopened. But yeah. last week, the south end of Tom Sawyer Island was shut down. Oh, so, so, yeah, no. It's, so guests cannot walk onto the Fantasmic stage. Um, additionally, Tom and Huck's treehouse has been shrouded in scaffolding as engineers check the structural integrity and how it could be rebuilt to dosh or D-O-S-H, standards. Um, it's reported that the stairs were too narrow and the railings too short. So after generations uh, um, of children clamoring up and down those stairs, they're 
They're now unsafe. Well, not not for the children, but for the cast members. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. Nice. And it's and amazing. us adults who insist on climbing around yeah. up there. I know. I love going up there. You and me both. <laughs> Any other housekeeping? Nope. Okay. Over to Tony with the news. Speaking of Space Mountain, because this story will never end, hopefully this will end it. This should be the end of the trilogy, or whatever it is now. Revenge of the Fifth. Yes. Disney has decided not to appeal the Space Mountain penalty. Disney officials didn't appeal a case that resulted in the largest fine Disneyland has faced in at least a decade. Disney had not filed an appeal past the deadline with the California Division of Occupational Safety and Health linked to a proposed penalty said agency spokesman Peter Melton. Disney faced a $234,000, $850,000, I said that wrong. Disney faced a $234,850 penalty. Earlier this week, state officials said they were amending the citations but have not indicated what that means. Although a formal appeal wasn't filed by the deadline, the company continues to have informal discussions with the state agency about the citations, a Disney spokeswoman said. Hmm. She did not elaborate. The company did not issue a statement. Disney officials voluntarily shut down Space Mountain the day after receiving state citations tied to injuries of a contractor's employee while cleaning Space Mountain. According to Diz podcaster Michael, the ride reopened this weekend. (laughs) He's in the story. Nice. You heard it here first. Yes. The proposed fines issued April 12th were for seven citations. State officials found that Disney willfully violated safety regulations, the stiffest penalty, which means the state believes the company knew about hazardous conditions and failed to fix them. The citations are related to injuries sustained by the worker employed by HSG, who was hurt November 21st while cleaning Space Mountain's slanted roof. The contractor's rope on his harness came loose, and he slid into a barricade at the bottom of the roof. He had a cut to his forehead, a broken lathemer, a broken right clavicle, and possibly broken ribs at the time. They still haven't figured out whether he's... Oh, yeah, we discussed this in episode 500 of the story. <laughs> Disney also closed two other rides that have since reopened, the Mavern Bobsleds in Disneyland and Soarin' Over California and Disney California Adventure. Disney closed the rides while crews evaluated the safety for the employees maintaining those attractions. HSG was facing a $60,995 state fine related to the incident, Hopefully, it's, the story is over. I, I get, I understand Matterhorn, similar issues to Space Mountain, sort of, but I never understood Soren. Why they closed Soren down? No one knows. Tony, maybe you can ask your friend Sandra Brown. Susie, that, Susie, Susie, Susie. <laughs> oh, we lost it now, man. She's never yeah. going to be on the show. Well, Susie's, Sandra's the DCA spokesman. Susie's the Disneyland <laughs> spokesman. No, Sandra is Susie with the uh, goatee. Like the <laughs> uh, we'll that was random. On this show. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a random. The Bizarro, like the evil twin with the goatee. Okay, anyway. The Susie with the blonde wig. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait. And an exciting non-Disney, but Southern California theme park related news. Since the official announcement in 2011 that Universal Studios was going to bring the popular Wizarding World of Harry Potter area to Hollywood, not much has been said about this addition to the California theme park. 
Recently, NBC Universal confirmed that construction for this highly anticipated section will begin late this summer, concluding a seven-year public hearing and environmental approval process. Welcome to California. I know that was a political statement. I'm going to keep reading. The Los Angeles County Board voted unanimously this week to allow construction. Beginning near the end of summer, this $500 million plan includes the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, as well as upgraded television production facilities, office space, and infrastructure for the adjacent Universal Studios lot. The Potter attraction will be built in the area once occupied by the Gibson Amphitheater. Located inside the Hogwarts Castle, the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride is set to be replicated in Hollywood, and the Hogsmeade area is expected to be built as well. NBC's Universal's press, NBC Universal's press release did not confirm an opening date. So... There you go. Say goodbye to the Gibson Amphitheater and say hello to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Officially, they're going to finally start it. So there's only going to be one major attraction. Well, that's all they're... Uh, no, they they said that they were going to do um, Hogwarts and then the um, the family-friendly coaster, whose name I can't remember. Dueling Dragons. Oh. The hippogriff. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're going to do the hippogriff, and then if they do the Hogsmeade stuff. I'm amazed that they're getting rid of the amphitheater. That was a big place. Must not have been doing well. Yeah, and there are so many venues. Like, it's be different if it's in another town, but in Southern California, there's venues all over the place. Right. Well, and considering they already have a couple of conflicting con- concert venues up there, like um, the Hard Rock, a lot of places want to do those smaller venues, or they're doing some of these new venues in Hollywood. So, or they figure they can bring in more people with Harry Potter. Yes. Well, you know they are still, and this could have been my rapid fire. They are still offering one day. Or Buy a day, get the rest of 2013 free. Wow. And it's already halfway through May? Yeah. I know. What the heck? I mean, this is reminiscent of about six years ago when they did, um, when they offered it even into June and July. Because normally the whole thing is to usually stop it around uh, February or March. Well, but now people are going to be waiting to go. Yeah. For a couple years. Yeah. So. That's surprised. Oh, and, you know, the fact that they're taking out the Curious George Water area, families like mine, which have the smaller kids, that's one less thing for them to be able to go on. Yeah, but how long do they have that? I mean, they haven't had that for that many years, right? They've had multi. Well, no, it was just a different name. Because over the years, it's been like two or three different yeah. names. Yeah. I mean, I remember going before I had the kids, and it was a water it was a water play area with the big dumping bucket and all that stuff. Yeah, see, when yeah. Nick and Kelly were little, they didn't have that. And in those days, I, w- I would not have taken a small child anyway, so we shall see. Yep. I think I think we need to do research there, too. Yeah, you may as well. We may as well go once and get a year, get the rest of the year free. I think the last one who was there was you, right, right, Wayne? Yeah. When you went for the Halloween. Yeah, and I've been since too. I I have a feeling that I'm, 
I'm going to be, end up be going there. This is sad. I didn't want to share this with podcast listeners. <laughs> so if anybody knows, but my son is now 11, and he's been at Disneyland forever. And I so I told him, I said, Andrew, you know, I'm paying this monthly fee for this this pass. It's like I don't like going there anymore. And I, I mean, I literally, you know, rear-ended like five powers and started crying. <laughs> but uh, he's like, I like bigger rides and. I'm like, I know, I mean, basically I created this monster. Cause you go all the time. It's not special any, you know, and, and so I have a feeling that next year I'm not going to be renewing his pass, but maybe going to like, you know, maybe Knott's and, and Universal. So, I, I, this happened today. I'm still a little feet torn up by it, but, especially considering it's what, May? And I still got how many more months to pay on this thing? I told him we're going 10 more times. I'm getting my monies for this thing. I just like it enough. But, um, yeah, so I could see Universal, especially when Harry Potter opens, getting a lot of that age group. But that tells you what's the deal. I mean, that yeah. my son is like, I'm not, I don't need to go anymore, despite the Space Mountains and the. It just it's sad, but it also shows you how Universal's they're how they're marketing and trying to bring it all back together. Go, maybe he just doesn't want to go. We just want to go. Yeah, really? Thanks. That's that's, that's worse <laughs> that now. That makes him feel better. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and thanks for the. Uh, I mean, are you? Do you have like? Do you have some like uh, financial relationship with a therapist? You want me to go see like immediately? I don't. I don't get that. So, anyway, oh, that's the news. You know, you, you know what I expected to be in the news, Tony? What? That you can't get a Dole Whip in Vegas. That was supposed to be housekeeping. That should have been your housekeeping. I know. I forgot all about it. What? Uh, you can't get them from the little flyer slappers? No. Yeah, those slappers can offer you something that they call a Dole Whip, but I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> I'm surprised that you guys didn't have a Vegas moment and check it out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We, we tried to get a Dole Whip, but... The real Dole Whip. The real Dole Whip, but... Did you, like, go off property and go to, like, a decent Hawaiian restaurant there? <laughs> no, we went to Lappert's. Lappert's, the same place that's supposed to have the Dole Whip, didn't have Dole Whip. And they said, everybody comes in and asks us, and we don't have it. One of the tons of Hawaiian-owned Hawaiian restaurants there has got to be serving it. Not the official. No, not the official, because that's the whole point of Lappert's having the font and the Disneyland. Like, it's the only place you can get it other than... Yeah, it's not like you can't download that font. Exactly. Okay, and, and fine. I guess this one works at tech. It's not <laughs> like you can't make an order with the Dole with no, the no. Dole company and get it yourself, <laughs> Mister. As That's as Mister Rum soaked Dole whips in the in the back there, real quiet. The same. Okay, Mister. Let's go. Okay, you guys all have these uh, access to Dole whips. Break them out. I want to see these. You eating these Dole whips at other places. The Doubting Thomases that come are in to this. this. Come to the state fair in July. Okay. Up in Sacramento. And we should have the California Adventure um, letters up. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. true. (laughs) All right. Time for rapid fire. Let's start with Mary Jo. Um, This weekend, glow with the show for annual pass holders at Fantasmic. Um, May 10th, 11th, 12th at the 1030 presentation of Fantasmic. Put on your glow with the show ear hats and come to the Disneyland Park to experience Fantasmic in a viewing section reserved specially for annual pass holders. This limited, t- excuse me, this limited time annual pass holder magic event 
is sure to be an illuminating experience. <laughs> you get it? Pun. Uh, since Glow with the Show, ear hats are required to register for this event. Annual pass holders can bring their own, or they can purchase, or they can purchase them at um, at various locations in the park. And I did this the last time that they had that for the annual pass holders. It was really cool because um, people go for the event, and to see all the hats with Fantasmic, I think I liked it better there than at World of Color, to tell you the truth. But only mm-hmm. if you go there for for that um, for that event. When there's lots of lots when there's of a lot of them, yeah, it's really cool. Awesome, thank you, Mary Jo. Michael. Well, I'm going to keep up with this theme here because currently at the Disneyland Resort, for a limited time, the glow with the show ear hats are going to be incorporated in the nightly presentations of the fireworks spectacular magical. As part of limited time magic, you're going to be able to find a special fireworks viewing area on Main Street USA reserved for you when you wear your glow with the show ears. Special viewing dates, or the remaining dates, are May 10th, 11th, 12th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. And it is on a first-come, first-served basis due to limited capacity. So put on your your light-up ears and, and head on over to Main Street. Awesome. Can can you imagine when you know how in magical how they have the uh, the pink 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 blue 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 fight between the fairies? Mm-hmm. That's going to be really cool to see those hats light up with that. I think. Are you yeah. Sh- spoiler alert. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. What? Or you so that people don't know that Dumbo fly in magical? Oh, Dumbo! I wonder if he's wearing his glow in the show ears. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> nice. Uh, Wayne. Downtown Disney is going to do another artist showcase, and this time it is with the artist Noah. Uh, many of you may know this particular artist. He does a lot of the specialized artwork that you may have seen in some of the galleries. There are a number of these independent artists which create Disney artwork, and Noah's one of the more famous ones. You've probably seen his stuff, even if you aren't familiar with the name. He will be on hand at the Wonderground Gallery in downtown Disney on May 18th from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., um, they'll be in dump, doing a number of things at this time. This is a uh, artist signing, so if you do have pieces, you can get them signed. Additionally, they're going to introduce uh, several new pieces. Um, the gallery describes, Inspiration for these pieces was drawn from the beautiful love stories of some of Disney's most beloved couples. Bring your princess or prince charming and come immerse yourself in the world of romance as Noah captures these great love stories through his paintings. They are going to have some originals, some glissés, some deluxe prints. Those will all be available for purchase. Noah says about this series, I love old movies and wanted each piece to be painted in muted and less saturated colors to have a timeless renaissance feel. 
My signature border work adds elegance and a touch of royalty. Every princess deserves it. Additionally, they're going to have some uh, some really specialized uh, pieces available on 24 by 36 acrylic on linen. These are these are really nice. One of them it features Ariel and Eric. It's called Kiss the Girl. Another is Cinderella and Prince Charming, entitled So This Is Love. There's another one that features Belle and Beast. It's titled She Never Looked at Me That Way Before. And the last specialized piece is Snow White and Prince Charming, uh, titled When Dreams Come True. All four of these are $8,500 each. Wow. So this will be a, a uh, of the artist signing um, uh, events that uh, the the parks and, and downtown Disney does from time to time. And again, May eighteenth is the date. Excellent, thank you. I was l- l- reading something on Noah's website or his Twitter account or something. His dad is an artist too. Hmm. No kidding. Uh, Bob Elias. Wow. If you if you see that name on, on Disney Art, that's Noah's dad. So that's cool. Random fact. Uh, Nancy. Okay. So guess what? Mother's Day is Sunday. <laughs> Told you I'm making the most out of this holiday because I'm not ha- getting much. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, Nancy. Happy Mother's Day to you, too. Thank you. And if you're looking for that last-minute delivery... That last minute item, just go to DisneyFlorist.com and they actually have three items that can be delivered anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. They have the Mother's Day Royal, the Mother's Day Collection Royal Princess Celebration, the Disney Family Treats Tote, and a Magical Wish Fulfill a Dream. Oh. All of these have some really cool features. The Mother's Day Collection one has a tiara, a big bunch of roses, and a box of chocolates. Um, a Magical Wish comes with a poem, a magic wand, and a bracelet, which has Swarovski crystals in it. And the Mother's or the Family Treats tote for Mother's Day is pretty cool, too, and it's got a, a big old bag. So, um, now, for Father's Day which is also coming up soon. Um, pretty much there's only one thing that I found that can be shipped anywhere in the U.S., and it's the He Be a Pirate package. <laughs> and it, basically it's a treasure chest-shaped cooler tote that um, comes with, let's see, we've got uh, chips, pretzels, Salsa, mustard, a pirate hat and an eye patch, and a handful of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Different beers from around the world. And so if uh, you're getting this shipped across the country, um, be aware that someone has to present a photo ID to receive it. So, or I should say, maybe not. Actually, and that's my, by far the My address law. will be in the show notes, so you can check <laughs> So maybe, maybe one of those dads out there would uh, like to get this. Usually, the Disney Floral and Gifts only does gifts for the Walt Disney World hotels and stuff like this. But for twenty-five bucks delivery or shipping, um, they'll deliver these things. Now, they are more expensive. They're over a hundred dollars for each. Each different gift. But so um, worth it. 
hey, sales tax is only 6.5%, man. Much better than ours out here. So, so there you go. Thank you, Nancy. I will go next. A couple things about uh, Knott's Berry Farms Seas and Passes. Their early admission program for the summer starts soon. Um, May 25th through June 9th, so the uh, Memorial Day weekend and the following weekend, the, the they will have early entry on the weekends, and then starting June 15th, every day through September 9th, there will be early entry for season pass holders. And f- during early entry, Camp Snoopy is open, and one roller coaster is open. So again, that is, uh, let's see, May 25th, 26th, June 8th and 9th, and then June 15th through... September 2nd. Also want to mention that uh, throughout the year, the passes keep going up in price, even though they're only good through the end of December. Um, once again, the passes will be going up in price May 27th. So if you've been thinking about getting an annual pass for, or season pass for Knott's Berry Farm, now would be the time to do it. They're $72. I think if they choose any of those days, they should choose the June 9th day, Tom. What do you think? Yes. I knew that date sounded familiar. <laughs> I will go early. Yay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tony. Earl of Sandwich has some limited time spring specials. But are before they, I tell they you that, no. they're not, they're not, yeah, everything's limited all of a sudden now. Um, but there is one thing that wasn't on, that isn't on their limited time spring special menu, which I'll about to say in a little bit, that I, that I believe is new. Correct me if you disagree. They're offering wheat bread, and I don't remember ever seeing wheat bread before at Earl. Can anyone? We are not the Earl aficionados. Then I don't, and I don't know if maybe the one in Orlando does now, but there's wheat bread, so just so you know. It looks kind of weird because it's Earl, but anyways, just so you know that wheat bread is offered, and their limited time specials are available till July 14th, and these include these items, a barbecue pork sandwich, a Cuban sandwich, and then gourmet cupcakes and Island Breeze iced tea. Sounds so, so good. And I had the Island Breeze iced tea. I love tea. Island it's Breeze really iced good. tea. You actually, like, that's an actual thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's limited time for the spring. July 14th, it's gone. And the cupcakes look like red velvet chocolate and some kind of lemony cupcake. But Ooh, there you go. Limited time spring specials. July 14th, they'll be all gone. Never to be seen again. Nope. All right. Thank you, Tony. That is rapid fire. Time for the thread of the week. Mary Jo? This week's thread of the week comes from Matchbox Jen. Um, Relatively new Dizzer. She says that um, it's called Doing Disneyland Alone. She says, hi, everyone. I've been a longtime lurker of the board, but just recently registered. To make a very long story short, After plans falling through multiple times, I have decided to plan a trip to Disneyland alone. I'm tired of waiting for someone to go with me. I've been to Walt Disney World twice and Disneyland once, but never alone. In hoping that things change and someone will go with me, but I'm not holding my breath. Has anyone done Disneyland alone? Was it okay or awkward? How many days did you go? I'm thinking three days will be enough for me. Thanks for the help. So there's a few pages here. And, um... She's got some ideas. There's a lot of people who are saying that um, 
that they do go to Disneyland alone. We have Mike Doyle Blogger, and he writes, Disneyland alone doesn't necessarily feel alone. It's one of the few places that I've ever been where being alone doesn't really dampen the experience. Um, if you're brave enough to talk to the cast members at your counter and fellow visitors walking and waiting in queue rides, uh, ride queues, you'll interact with lots of people. And since you're at Disneyland Resort, many of those visitors are in a good mood and totally open to chatting. Plus, every couple or group you encounter where one person is the odd person out taking everyone else's photo, you can offer to take the photo, which usually makes their day. I've done Disneyland Resort alone many days and have used these strategies to have a great, very unalone time. And they have ideas um, that you can do when you're traveling alone. And I know, Wayne, you go alone to Disneyland, right? Since about 2003, which is kind of a sad statement in itself, but... Yeah, with with small exception, I've I've been solo at Disneyland for years. So, what tips would you give? It's really, uh, I think it's a unique experience, uh, and that's just not self-serving. That phrase, it allows you to go absolutely where you want to go all the time, and this this puts a whole different aspect on what you're touring. You get to stop at the places you always want to stop at. You can spend as much time as you want to in whatever location, whether that's a shop or a restaurant, or even if you want to sit on the bench and people watch for a while. It's it's really a completely different experience than going with folks where most of the time you're in motion when you're when you're with someone or especially with a large group rarely do you stop you're always on the go and being alone changes all of that plus i got to tell you there's nothing greater than walking down a path and deciding i don't want to walk down this path and turn <laughs> completely around for no reason at all and you don't have to explain it to anybody i agree with you i you know, and going with groups too, I mean, it's always fun going with a group of people or, you know, with your family, but I find that, um, these trips are really, um, a compromise because if you want to go someplace, you want to make people happy, especially for those of us who are locals and we have visitors, we want to do things that are going to make them happy. And for years, I never really got to go in the shops, but going by myself, I can sit there and look at every single ring I want to look at. Um, or I can go into the Disneyana store and look at all the, all, you know, every single cure, um, figurine, et cetera, that I exactly. want to. Mm-hmm. That, that, and that, talk that, to that. everyone you want to. I, I love talking to the people from out of town. It's nice. I know. I've, I've gone alone several times in the last few years. And for me, I end up going on less attractions when I'm by mm-hmm. myself because I, I tend to want to go and hear all of the musical numbers and see all the performers or hang out and just listen to the music, you know, background music and and things like that. And I'll choose one or two attractions I really want to go on or something I've never experienced before and do that. Because you're right, when I'm with my family or a group of friends, it's more about what they want to do. Right. So I think if anybody wants to um, um, get some ideas from this thread or give ideas, if you're used to uh, going by yourself, um, go to, it's called Doing Disneyland Alone on the Disneyland board. Hey, but Tony, once Andrew's annual pass expires, this might be (laughs) someone you could go to the parks with. 
That's true, but I'm already going by myself because he doesn't go anymore. Well, so, there you yeah. go. Closet Disney junkies looking for uh, <laughs> someone to go with. There you go. go with. There we go. Yeah. Nice. yeah, one of them I thought was really cute. It's um, it's a, a Dizzer and and um, it, it's a, a guy, and he was talking about he loves going by himself, except when he goes. Um, his name is um, oh, I don't, I don't. I'll get it in a second. But um, he was saying that. When he goes, sometimes he feels silly going on, you know, Peter Pan or, or Dumbo. So he'll, he'll skip those rides, but everything else he goes on, he doesn't Me care. Boy, I go on everything. I go on Alice. I'll go on the carousel. I don't care. Good for you. You appreciate all the good, good stuff <laughs> Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no need you to get, feel silly. You're and at- you almost get more <laughs> conversation when you're in a restaurant when you're sitting at the table because mm-hmm. they wonder if you're reviewing the restaurant. You almost get more attention. I once had a server sit down and just start chatting with me when I was sitting eating alone. That's neat. When I was a solo business traveler, I, I discovered that too, and and I ended up in Orlando a few times by myself because of that, and and it's an awesome time. I mean, people are. They go out of their way to help family guests, but sometimes I think they go out of their way even more to help solo traveler guests. I think so, too. Awesome. Oh, oh. Hey, I'll, I'll take over, Tom, for like a couple seconds. This was a valid, this was a valid interruption. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nancy. Can everybody give one place where they would recommend a solo person to go for quality interaction, you know, because when people talk about going to Florida, they say, oh, go to this bar or go to this or do that, you know, if you're by yourself and you'll get to do this. So, Is this anybody? At, at the Disneyland Resort or anywhere? Yes. Well, anywhere at the Disneyland Resort. Trader Sam's. Dang it, yeah. you took what I was going to say. I was say. thinking that, too. It's <laughs> where I go. I'll, I'll say... Go ahead, Nancy. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say go to the flag retreat ceremony. Ooh, yeah. That you meet a lot of, especially if you're uh, patriotic, and it, it's just really, it's something that unites us. Or just, I mean, just sit, sit and watch a parade and chat with the people. Yeah. I tend to strike up conversations waiting for the fireworks. Anywhere where there's an extremely long line and you actually have to stand in it is always another great place. I, I don't know go to those places. I, uh, how about waiting for Fantasmic? Yeah, that's another really good one. Yeah. What's the gallery? That's another right? good one. Am I saying it wrong? Which one? The one right, you know, where all the train stuff was. Yeah, the, and all the, 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 the Disney Gallery. Yeah, I'm always nervous that I'm calling things the wrong no, thing, no, and then never. But yeah, because that's where I mean. Those cast members are there to talk to you, and they yeah, know all they, that they're stuff. Always, and they're always chatting. Yeah. Yeah. In the first part of uh, Mr. Lincoln, the cast members are really great because they'll talk about every single thing they have on display and what makes it historically significant. And if you like trivia, not that many of us do, <coughs> um, they love to share trivia about Disneyland, too, which is great. Which is yeah. another thing when you go by yourself that you can – actually engage cast members in, in conversations about Disneyland and you yeah. don't have other people who want to go on rides and stuff. So, If you can afford it, pay the 75 bucks an hour, four hours minimum and get your own private cast member. Where are you seeing that price? 
I think it's not the usual price. What's it? Been no, it's more three hundred. The VIP. Talk, we talked about that a podcast or two ago. It's like three hundred seventy-five dollars an hour or something per hour. Per hour? It used to only be. They changed. Go like seventy-five dollars. Go, go back and listen to our podcast. I know. <laughs> I just remember the days when it used to be seventy-five dollars an hour for up to eight people. Yeah, and, and bread, you had to have four bread hours was twenty five cents. You had to below. walk uphill to school in the <laughs> snow both ways. Thank you, Mary Jo. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland segments this week, and of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared, unless you're touring it alone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>